Marriage and divorce has always been a timeless struggle in humanity. From the Old Testament to the New Testament to now, over and over again, same problems have happened. And there's lots I can say about this because this passage is uh, debated in many different ways on exactly the full meaning that Jesus was trying to say. I want to first outline uh, what the heart of marriage really is, the problems, and then the, um, the way it's protected in our, in our church today. First, what's important to remember, the marriage is really based off of the Trinitarian life. Because from all eternity, you have God the Father loving God the Son, and the bond of love between the two is the Holy Spirit. That's essentially what marriage, family life is all about. You have father, child, and the bond between the two is mother. And so marriage and family is a reflection of the essence of who God is. That's why it's so serious. That's why God made it so strict and uh, permanent, for this, for, well, at least upon this life. And so that's why Christ in this passage talks pretty strongly because it's touching the nature of what love is about. Real love is total, complete, unconditional. But as you know, there's a lot of problems that happen with marriage. And sometimes um, there can be, well, the context here with, uh, with Moses, uh, because they were saying, can you just divorce for any reason whatsoever? Of course not. But at the time of Moses, what was happening was he feared that he didn't give in to some conditions and allow a bill of divorce. Moses was afraid that the men would just kill their wives and be done with it. And because of that hardness of heart, Moses allowed the bill of divorce. It was never the plan of God. It was never um, what Yahweh wanted but it was because of trying to take kind of the lesser evil, evil, if you will. And those problems happen. Sometimes they're unjust problems. People get selfish and want to go, just don't want to be with that person anymore. Um, but then sometimes, you know, it gets more complicated. Sometimes relationships truly break down. Sometimes there is, um, violence, physical violence, emotional violence. There's all sorts of things that happen. It's not easy being married. No vocation is easy. And that's why it's a sacrament, because you need grace from God. To be able to live it, to be able to stay strong. Um, you have to keep Christ in the center of every marriage. But there are other problems too that happen. Um, Jesus kind of alludes to it here. He says, um, I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, unless the marriage is unlawful. That line right there is contended by theologians. What I think it means, the explanation that I heard that I think, think is most accurate, is that if you marry someone that um, 
is too close to you, it's like a cousin or second cousin, you're, you're not supposed to marry somebody like that. It's, it's um, um, forbidden against canon law. But unlawful meaning you're, you're, not, you're not supposed to marry your cousin, therefore it's not a marriage. You're not allowed to. It's unlawful. And that is where we get into some of the rules and the concept of like annulment. Annulment is not Catholic divorce. It is not. It's touching this concept that Christ said about unlawful. Because there has to be certain conditions at the moment of marriage for it to be authentic. And that's where the church, because marriage is so important to God and because it does affect salvation, the church has put different rules and requirements around the form of marriage to be able to say that, yes, this is a sacramental marriage. And if those rules are not followed, then it's not a sacramental marriage. It could be a civil marriage, but not sacramental recognized by the church. And she does this to protect, because um, so an annulment says something was deficient in one of those forms, because there's three forms that oversee marriage. You have the canonical form, you have the liturgical form, and then you have the uh, sacramental form. All three forms, and there's, a, there's stipulations in each one, have to be followed correctly. And the church does this to protect marriage and to help people in trying to get to heaven. But if there's something deficient in one of those forms, the church will say it is annulled, meaning it never happened. If you want to make an analogy to another sacrament, Eucharist I'm celebrating right now. I have to take bread, I have to, unleavened bread, I have to take wine, I have to say the words of consecration, and I have to be a validly ordained priest. If I do all those things, then it truly becomes the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. If I make up my own words, if I say I don't want to use bread today, I'm going to use, I don't know, crackers. Crackers and Kool-Aid. That would not become the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. And the church would say that masses was annulled, meaning it never happened because something that was necessary for the sacrament was not present. The problem with marriage, now that's kind of a, does that make sense so far? It's kind of cut and clear when um, uh, you talk about the Eucharist, but when you get to marriage, it gets hard, because why? Because you have to start talking about intent. And intent is a hard thing to measure. You have to talk about freedom too. What if somebody's freedom is being compromised? Let's say, you know, there's a couple and they, they're not married, but they, the, the woman gets pregnant and they rush into marriage because they have all this pressure from their families like forcing them to get married because of the embarrassment. Is that person really free at that point? Maybe, maybe not. It gets really confusing. And then, I mean, some things are cut and dry, like um, 
if you go get married in Vegas, that's uh, not, you know, unless you got married at a Catholic church and went through all the forms. If you got married at, you know, the casino, that's not following the, the canonical forms and liturgical forms of marriage. It can be acknowledged as a, civil, as a marriage civilly, but sacramentally, no. So marriage gets hard because you have freedom, then psychological things. What if somebody's suffering psychologically from a disorder, but they don't reveal it to their, um, their other person? That could drastically change the whole decision. What if somebody lies? What if they say, you know, more exaggerated, that they weren't married before, but they were? Or if they lie about really following the, you know, having children and trying to raise them in the faith? It gets really hard to measure this stuff. So that's why, I mean, the church has tons of resources uh, trying to facilitate these decisions, tribunals that all they do all day long is these types of cases. And it's not easy. And you'll have some that are maybe a little stricter in their judgments and some that are a little more laxed in their judgments. You get into the same situation that Moses was in, where it's hard. But fundamentally, we need to pray for our church to have wisdom in these matters. Pray for all marriages, that they stay strong, and then to pray for those that are broken marriages, where there's, too much, there's so much suffering, so much pain, that God will heal them. Because, and then sometimes, you know, relationships can get to a point where they're not, you can't fix it. There's too much trauma, too much hurt, Sometimes you have to separate, but if there might not be grounds for an annulment. You still can separate, I mean, especially if somebody's being violent or um, um, uh, cheating. There can be grounds for separation, but annulment is something totally different than that. So let's pray for all those marriages that are suffering today. And let us get back to what the heart of marriage and family life is all about. It's about loving the way Christ loves, the love of the Trinity, to love unconditionally, because that's the type of love that we follow on the cross.